Hello, good afternoon and welcome to the um, art show on uh, Ross FM. And I'm taking it very slow at the moment because we have a full, we have really have a full packed programme this afternoon and one that I will really enjoy presenting. I have to say that I am really looking forward to chatting with our guests this afternoon on the arts programme. Uh, I have to say thank you to our sponsor, um, Cora Boyle, because without them, this programme would not go on the road. It just shows how... Communities have to support one another to um, bring um, communities together and to bring arts together and to um, to support one another. My first um, guest will be uh, Deirdre Featherstone from the Sea of Change uh, Choir, an amazing choir. Oh my goodness! If you, I can't wait to chat with her and to, to, for her to tell you all they've been involved in and all they have done throughout their few um, short number of years being in existence. Sea of Change, sing our song together. Deirdre, hello. Am I talking with Deirdre Featherstone from the Sea of Change? How are you? My God, I was just listening to the words in that, um, in in your, um, from your choir. When did you, when did that song come together for you? That literally only came together um, around two weeks ago. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, it was. Uh, we did a, a, literally a two-week turnaround on that song, so we were delighted that it sounded so well, and the video was, was so good as well. And it was, it, you know, when when we actually launched it on World Cancer Day last week, everyone loved it, so we were very happy with ourselves. Well, I was just listening to it, and we'll start at the beginning in one minute. But I was just listening to the words of um, of the song, and I was thinking, um, maybe four years ago, maybe. All of you didn't see that this change would come, stay together, etc., etc. So, Deirdre, first of all, welcome to Ross FM and to the Arts Programme. Um, you're here on behalf of Sea of Change Choir, and you're going to share with us a little bit of your journey and how you started. And I'm, I'm delighted to be chatting with you, and I have, I will further on congratulate you on all you've achieved. So, when did you come together, Deirdre? Uh, well, basically, we came together. It's, it's, uh, I'll have to sort of go back a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll take you back to how everything, I suppose, started off. So back, back in 2012, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And a year after my treatment, I wanted to do something for charity, for, for childhood charity. And I organised a strip and dip down in Wicklow with some of my friends, friends and family, the person was only maybe 40, 45 of us. And uh, we continue that every year, the strip and dip down in Wicklow, getting bigger and bigger. Uh, we have Sorry, you weren't records. getting bigger and bigger. The crowd was getting bigger and bigger. Is that what The crowd, yeah, I wasn't getting bigger and bigger. Well, <laughs> actually, I was a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, dear. <laughs> and, um, and then in 2018, uh, we actually broke the Guinness World Record for the largest uh, naked sea swim. Right. And this is all sort of where the choir started because a couple of months after that in 2018 I got a phone call from a lady in TV3, Carla wanting to know would we do an act for Ireland's Got Talent and uh, I was sort of thinking well you know what what could we actually do and uh, <laughs> we, know, like, we can't reenact the sea the sea yeah, exactly. scene yeah. my mind was racing going oh no can't do that on, on live on stage but, uh, and then Carla said, well, could, could you, how about a song? And I'm like, well, yeah, I suppose, like, well, we don't have a choir. But so, so in the end, the 
choir was actually set up. That is how the choir set up. Um, the choir, so we decided uh, to, to get a choir together. So there, there was names coming out of a hat being taken out by my daughter of members who were all dippers, who had all been at the strip and dip to join this choir. And that is how the choir started. And we call ourselves the Sea of Change because we felt that when, you know, we were stripping and dipping, when we went into that same sea, we came out as changed people. So that's where the actual name came from, the Sea of Change. I didn't realise that, but it absolutely makes sense. It's lovely. Because because the strip and dip, I suppose, it, it, it's female only, but it, it's just such a community of people. Like, people travel to the strip and dip on their own from all areas of Ireland, and they meet up with people they've never met and they've become friends for life. Yes. It's very much such a community of women getting together. And once we shed those clothes, we're just like anybody else in the world. It's a hugely empowering day. And it's nothing to, on the day, it's nothing to do with the nakedness. It's about the women being together and, you know, overcoming a hell of a lot of fears on that day with, with you know, body, it, it, you know, image and issues. I was just going to say that as well. While some people may not have body image issues, other people might have horrendous body image issues, but it's all together as a spirit, as a community. And I do know somebody who took part, and I told you that, in yes. Strip and Dip, and how it empowered her and her family brings me back to how I can't believe I've fallen into this story again, you know. Carry on, though, there, uh, dear. Do you, you um, tell us a few of the things that you, you got involved in. Strip and Dip, not too long after that, you got involved with a charity. Yeah, so, so basically all, all our strip and dips, every year we, we fundraise for, for a childhood cancer charity, which was Aiden Pink Tide, which, which is Ireland's national children's uh, cancer charity. We chose Aiden Pink Tide because, firstly, that it was for childhood cancer, and secondly, because these people are earth angels. These are, you know, it's more or less a voluntary organisation, Everything goes to the people that need the help. It's not, um, you know, it, it, it's not. It, it goes to the the, the money raised goes to the to the families of childhood cancer. You know, the practicalities of things. People, you know, not being able to afford a park or car when their kids are in doing chemo, having nowhere to stay. So it's all about helping families that that go through the horrors of childhood cancer. And then, actually, to date, we're nearly up to next year or this year, I should say. We're, hope, we're hoping to, do, to, to break the €1 million Euro that we have raised for childhood cancer for Aiden's Pink Tide. So we're very excited about that. And can I just tell you something, Deirdre? Um, I would have been a supporter of Aiden's Pink Tide in a previous uh, uh, presentation role I did. And yeah. um, I have a little bit of news for you. I have uh, spoke to Jimmy from Avian's Pink Tie, and he will be joining us later on in the programme and oh, speaks okay. very highly of you. So he will tell us about what they have achieved and what they have done and how you and your uh, Sea of Change Choir have fundraised, and that's the arts, fundraising to support the charities, which is something maybe we don't always see or realise. Yes, yes, there's a lot behind everything. Yeah, so I mean... Behind the dips and behind the choir. There yes, while you ladies are out enjoying yourself and being the choir, and and we will go back to you in a minute, you're also fundraising for a charity. And yes, absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah, and I will speak to Jimmy in, in how your fundraising has supported Avian's Pink Tie later on. But I just wanted to let you know, Jimmy will be joining us later on in the programme. It's a very different arts programme today. That's great. Tell, tell Jimmy I said hello. Yes, and I just... <laughs> and it's time to go out for another drink. Tell him as well. Okay, well, he's probably listening in, so you've already told him. I'll get the response for him, and you can listen in as well. How's that, dear? Exactly. Now, tell us a little bit more about your choir as well, because you have achieved, achieved apart from being on television, and um, did you win? I know Louis, uh, Louis Walsh spoke very highly of you. I know you got the gong. That's yes. all. Yeah. Tell us. Yes, so basically the, 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 the first... Um our first audition, we, we were in front of Louis Walsh and a few of the other, uh, Denise Van Houten as well. Um, so there was four, four in the panel. So we got on stage and we sang This Is Me, which is the song from uh, The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And it, it was very poignant, I think, for all for our choir because half of the choir has been through cancer. We've lost a lot of people to cancer. And, you know, we all have bruises and scars. You know, a lot of us are missing pieces, you know, whether yeah. it be colons or uh, boobs or everything and you know we, we are not the perfect ideal what, what what the world says should be ideal we are ourselves and we went out on that stage and by god i think by the by the end of it everyone realized exactly what we were about you know, <laughs> missing parts and all came out <laughs> oh absolutely yeah so i think that the tagline was out of uh, a possible 90 boobs we got 79 and a half <laughs> <laughs> And one missing colon. We can't remember. We can't forget Antoinette's colon as well. Very important to us. It's missing. Now, from there, we're we're running out of time. So I want to uh, your achievements. You uh, have been to the European Parliament, House of Parliament. Yes, we were we, we were over in the European Parliament live in two thousand and eighteen. Um, they and we, we we sang in the plenary room to a standing ovation from you know the commissioners and the president Ursula van der Leyen. And um, we went Mairead McGuinness. Yes. It was just a fantastic day. And they've actually, um, even though lockdown has, or COVID occurred, uh, they actually asked us back for the last two years as well. So last week we did the song that you played earlier on, Ursula, was the song that we sang for the European Parliament this year on World, on World Cancer Day and on the Beating Cancer Plan action. So that, that was the, the song was all about was you know better days are coming you know we're getting out of covid and you know there's a huge cancer plan uh, as well so that was we were, we were very excited about that and i think you're actually involved in that huge cancer plan as the choir am i right there yeah so so basically when we're hoping we're hoping that you know i think it's a 10-year plan and um, we're hoping that so three years now so far that they've uh, they, they have asked us to be involved with it so we're hoping that we'll We'll be over there in person next year, which will be wonderful. Yes. Um, okay. And who, did you tell me the World Health Organization have been in contact with you? Yes, absolutely. So last November, probably four or five months ago, uh, I got a call from um, a person in the World Health Organization. So they were they were organising a big WHO event worldwide for uh, the elimination of cervical cancer. Okay. And they asked if we would rep, rep, you know, represent Ireland and to be the end song um, to this whole proceedings all around the world. I think there was, 30, there was 37 countries, I think, had actually got people on that day. Okay. And they're all rounded off with us singing uh, a lovely a song by Paddy, by Paddy K, K, 
Casey, a great Irish artist. Um, times are tough, but so are we. I thought that was very apt for us. So, um, Again. And it was just a huge, like the WHO to sing for them was just incredible. Yeah, I mean, you're not talking about some fellow down the road. You're talking about the World Health Organization, who we all know exists in the last two years. We have heard their name. The WHO have said the WHO. And you are invited to be part of their um, ethos going forward. That's some achievement. Yeah, but we, we, we really couldn't believe it. We were so privileged. Like We're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, we, we did Ireland, now it's then the EU, now the world. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just wonderful. And, and, and it's all about spreading, you know, joy, inspiration, hope as well. So it, it feels really good to be doing something good like that. And that's, you know, that's what we get out of the choir. It's spreading, hopefully, our enthusiasm and inspiration, etc., to people who are going through cancer and to let people know that you know, there is life after cancer, but it's also very important for us to remember the people we've lost to cancer. We've lost a lot of people to cancer. And, and uh, you we wanted want to, to remember say that, those yes. people when we sing. And you wanted to remember some of, some of the ladies yourself. You, you said that was important to... Um... Yes, unfortunately, we've lost three, three choir members in the last two, year, two years, which has just been devastating for us all. And, of course, mainly their families. Um, we, it was Ines and Eileen, and then just last year was uh, Therese. So, you know, we went from a, you know, we lost three of our main people in our file. You know, we just loved them all to bits, and it was very tough for us all. Um, I was thinking that it must be very hard to stand up and sing when your heart is broken. Exactly, and I remember one after Therese passed away, we had a big, a, a big uh, gig in. Um, her, Teresa's best friend Marion was, you know, it was so t- like they were literally best friends from from joining the choir. And but we all know that that the girls are with us, and they're the ones that egg us on because we asked, you know, Teresa's family because it was so close. You know, are they okay with us singing? They said, Oh my God, she wouldn't have it any other way. So we all knew, and it was lovely to do it for her because I think maybe if we hadn't got back up as quick that day, we would have, you know, been in trouble. So the girls spur us on all the time. Um, Deirdre, we're coming down on, on our time again. We still have a minute or two. If um, if we wanted to follow you, the sea of change, um, yep. see what you're up to, see how you're changing, who are you helping, what are you doing on the worldwide stage, how would we go about following you? Sure, the, the best way to follow us is, is on, a, on, on our Facebook page. So if you log on to it's facebook.com, stroke sea of change choir so we have everything updated on facebook and we always put up all the videos of what we've been doing and any information or any antics that we're up to we always uh, you know have it on there as well you can we're on instagram and twitter as well on those handles too yeah so we'd love to hear from people it's great to get people's support behind what we're doing and can i just say listeners it, it is well much well worth logging into the facebook page and seeing the antics believe you me <laughs> <laughs> Believe you me, it's better. It's better than TV. <laughs> it's reality. <Yeah. laughs> um, I suppose for me, I, I I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to be chatting with you. Sea of change. I didn't realise when I made contact with you last week how um, how this story would revolve around um, people I know, um, charities I've been involved with my old life and, and, and my old life as well, way back in, in time. And um, yeah. 
Deirdre, I am so delighted that you joined us on Ross FM Community Radio uh, here in the heart of Roscommon. And um, when you're not busy on the worldwide stage with uh, the um, health organisation, uh, you've got it all in one. And I'll tell you what, we'll have the kettle on and it'll be steaming. And we'll actually get musicians in here and we'll have a right out hoolie here in the middle of Roscommon. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you very much, Ursula. It's always a privilege when somebody contacts us and wants to hear our story. So we are the ones that are so privileged to be able to, to spread our story today. Okay. Well, thank you so much once again. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to meeting up with you. I'm looking forward to passing on your message to uh, Avian Spink Tai, to Jimmy, and um, yes. maybe... Maybe sometime in the future when we can all travel, as I said, I really would be love to meet yeah, up tell with him you. Tell him it's only if he behaves himself this time. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Listeners, you heard it here on Ross FM first. <laughs> it's going to be a hard act to follow. Um, Deirdre, thank you very, very much for chatting with us on, um, uh, on Ross FM. Thank you. Thank you very much, Earth. It's a privilege. Thank you so much. Yes. Bye-bye. Okay, take Bye. care now. Bye-bye. So... That was our first part of the programme. And can I say thank you straight away to all the um, messages that are coming in on my mobile phone. Thank you so, so much. It is an amazing story. These ladies have achieved an amazing, um, amazing amount of time in their short life in the Sea of Change. And I didn't realise where the name Sea of Change came from, but now I do, do know. And I have to say hello to Helen, who's listening out there. Um, Helen, Sea of Change, that's all I can say, um, you know. Uh, Deirdre, thank you to all the messages. There's too many. I'm not able to um, go through, mention them all. Celtic Eye, you're there too. I see you. Um, hello, Jimmy. Hello, Ursula. How are you? Can I introduce uh, Jimmy? Um, we're, we're, we're old friends, really, in a way. Jimmy is the founder of Avian's Pink Tie, a charity that was set up to help... Um, Families of children that were in Crumlin hospitals, in St John's Ward in particular, I think, uh, who, while Jimmy and his family were, were, were nursing their little girl, uh, the scene, the heartache that other families went through and set about changing that. Jimmy, am I doing you, I'm not doing you justice, but am I giving an overview of, 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 of what happened? Absolutely, Ursula. And again, we are all friends and... Uh it's fantastic to to come back uh, on air again after such a you know the last two years for for everybody has been so difficult. Uh, obviously, for charities, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a nightmare um, in uh, fundraising activities and and interacting with people. We had to cancel the parties that we um, we hold for the children. Um, the co-founder Mick Rochford um, always organised great summer parties, great uh, Christmas parties for Avian's Pink Toy. And we've had to stop them. Because but, um, of COVID. Avian, yeah. yeah, yeah. Avian, Avian story, yes. Yeah. Well, let's start with Avian story. Um, what year did this start? With the, the whole... The well, whole with, with, with Avian being sick, being diagnosed, yeah. Well, well, she was diagnosed. Avian was diagnosed on the 22nd of January 2009 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Temple Street Hospital in Dublin. Um, it's a moment that me and my family will probably never recover from. No. Um, never, never, ever forget. Uh, it's, uh, I've, I've, I've written about it recently. I would prefer to have died myself than hear what I heard come out of the consultant's mouth that uh, Avian has cancer and it's at stage four. 
and we're sitting there looking, you know, at, at the doctors. I was, I was crying uncontrollably at this stage. Um, and I just can't correlate this girl. That, you know, she looks absolutely perfect. When she was still in her school uniform going into the hospital that day, and when we went up to the room to her later on um, to look at her and, you know, and see her little face and her beautiful blonde hair and her little school uniform and, and to think that she was the sickest child in the hospital. So Avian was treated in, in, in which hospital was Avian being treated in? See, well, that was, she was diagnosed in, um, she was diagnosed in, in Temple, Temple Street. Street. But there's only one unit in Ireland that, uh, there's only one, well, there's only one unit that actually specialises, you know, completely for childhood cancer. And that's uh, St. John's Ward in, um, in Crumlin. There's, there's a fantastic unit in, uh, in Cork. Um, but all of the children eventually have to be, you know, uh, they have to be, they have to go to St. John's Ward. That's, that's where the centre of specialisation in Ireland uh, is. And that was where Avian's Pink Toy was born. Um, there was the hardship that I seen um, on, 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 on St. John's Ward that, uh, that drove this story so hard. Can, uh, I, can I just go back here? You're Dublin people yourselves. You would live reasonably local to uh, St. John's Ward, to Crumlin. Say again, sorry, Bortley. Uh, do you mean do you live at that time when Avian was in hospital? You wouldn't have a long journey to come. I mean, it wasn't a couple of hours driving to get to the hospital. Exactly, it was. Uh, I actually lived in uh, Dunboyne in County Mead, and uh, it was quite a simple journey. And that's yes. another part of it as well, Ursula. For me, uh, being a Dublin uh, Dublin person, all of my family were from the Coombe, from the Liberties, all around the area of the hospital. So you and I had a, I had a, support. I had a fantastic support system in in the area. Yes. So that's what then made you see um, the lack of support, and that's where you're coming from now for for Absolutely. visitors. Well, it was just it was actually it was a hardship. Um, I, like, I, I had to watch people, you know, actually really, really struggle financially, and you know, even seeing situations where a man's left in his car because he couldn't afford accommodation. You know, people, you know, being forced into situations where they probably just, you know, they didn't eat for a couple of days. Um, it was absolutely dreadful. It was, it was, it was, it was unbelievably painful to watch. And the support system around me, with Mick Rochford, with the airport, with all of my friends, all my family, was was fantastic. And I just thought that it would be it would be amazing to actually have uh, to have a support system like that for everybody. And it, but it, the the struggle of a child with cancer is compounded hugely by distance. If you if you were living in Donegal, if you were living in Roscommon, if you were living in you know Galway or Clare or Cork, you have to get to the hospital. Um, and then you could have long stays in the hospital. You could have a long periods of time in the hospital. And they they just expense of that alone. And then obviously most households now Ursula, need two incomes to survive. Yes. But when a child gets cancer. There's you are no going income. to lose one of those incomes because because one of the parents is going to have to give up work yeah. to, to look after the child. And then there's another family at home as well that have to be looked after. And and and, and there's the, there's the, there's the heartache as well because you know the, the the other children don't get the attention that they they would have normally you know received and uh, like it's just like I have, I've always said uh, I've always said it was that when a child gets cancer the whole family gets cancer in a form. Because it affects everybody, um, it turns the whole family upside down. And Jimmy, can That's I just add to that? And I, I, I mean, I'm, I know that myself. Friends and family get in, uh, involved as well because it affects. It, it, it's not just the child; it affects the whole family, the friends, the relatives, the neighbours. They all 
they're all involved now. It's um, yes, absolutely support. It's absolutely does, and they like it's 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 so hard even on grandparents. You know, they you know they've probably never experienced anything like this ever in their lives to see you know one of the you know one of the children that they you know their grandchildren could leave before them. Um, it's just a most horrendous thing for a child to leave the ward before their parents or their grandparents or their friends. Um, it's something that you never recover from. Even though I sound like I talk about it and I sound okay about it, but I have to stop myself no. all the time thinking no. about Avian. I have to stop myself. Uh, I, I and I, I, I miss her and I love her so dearly. And I think that's pretty know, obvious. All we have to know, do is go on Avian's pink tie site and we can see that. That's pretty obvious, Jimmy. Can I just move on a little bit? Yeah. Um, so you've seen all this hardship that um, visitors and family were were were, were having. Um, Sadly, Avian didn't um, survive her treatment. Um, you have lovely stories that you tell about her generosity towards other people. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Um, and again, if you just go on Avian Pink's Thai Facebook page or um, the corner, the corner shop, you will see these stories. The content shop. The content shop. Sorry, you will see these stories. So, Jimmy, yes, then great. you and your friend, um, and I just happened to have his name here in front of me, started into fundraising. You met um, the Sea of Change choir, Deirdre, who said you owe her a drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just want the answer on Ross FM so we have it clearly on the radio. Um, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, okay. Uh, they have fundraised with you and for you, and the, the thing is that they are an artist group, and what maybe we don't always see and we don't always realise is how artist groups support charity groups. And the charity group gives back to the artists a sense of being, a sense of um, encouragement, that art and charity can work together and support one another. I have seen some of the most wonderful gigs um, in my whole life for Avian's Pink Toy. Um, obviously, to see a change choir, but there's, there's been an awful lot of art gigs, an awful lot of um, of concerts, and, and the, you know, the Luke Kelly tribute band. Yes. Um, loads and loads and loads of artists have contributed to Avian's Pink Toy. There's, there are lots of, uh, it's amazing, even artists off the programme, the Vikings, Travis Fimmel, um, uh, Alexander Ludwig have been fantastic supporters of Avian's Pink Toy. So the link between art and and a charity, as I think everybody gets something out of it. You get, you know, you can be at a fantastic event, but it can be very inspirational to say, you know, to see um, something being changed because you know you've gone to an event that you're actually enjoying, but you're actually causing change as well, which is 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 is, is amazing and, and wonderful to be a, a part of. And I actually love speaking at events like that, and especially in front of all the ladies, in front of the Sea Change Corps, because we started out, you know, I didn't know the. Um, she approached the, the a great social worker in Ivy's Pink Toy, Linda O'Connell, and Linda and and they became friends. And eventually, you know, th- this idea trickled through to me about the the strip and dip and the the sea You weren't invited, Jimmy. Jimmy, you weren't invited, were you? Um, I tried to get there, but they wouldn't let me go. <laughs> There was, there was heavy security at the beach that day. And your dress but wasn't suitable. Okay, let's absolutely. move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, they're, the, the fundraising started. 
Now we have moved on a bit, and I, the last time I remember being chatting with you, uh, Jimmy, you had bought a house uh, near Crumlin, near Crumlin Hospital, near St uh, John's Ward. COVID has it, come it, in, but what has happened? What were you it, going it, to it, announce? Sorry, what were you? When I phoned you yesterday, you said to me, yeah. Ursula, what, what did you say? You were heading for the newspapers and um, radio. Yes, absolutely. And again, as I said to you yesterday, it was a, such a beautiful invention, you know, just that if you could ring me, you know, and to talk to me about the Change Choir and Deirdre and all the great ladies involved in it. But it, 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 I, Deirdre and the girls broke a world record. There was uh, over 2,000 uh, women. And I always said to you before, they got into the jazz field and they swam in the freezing cold Irish Sea. And they, these ladies were all from all over the world, from Australia, from everywhere. It, was, it, it actually made Times Square billboard because it was such an amazing event. But there was a fan, there was a huge amount of money raised, over 400,000 euros. And I discussed with Deirdre an idea that Mick and I had had for years to actually buy a house in Crumlin. And we put it to the board of Avian's Pink Toy, and thankfully they, they passed the idea. So Linda and Mick went uh, looking for sites around Dublin, and they found the perfect house. Um, it's six minutes walk away from Crumlin Hospital. It's on the correct side of the road, which means you don't have to cross a very, very busy intersection. And if you're pushing a pram or you have a wheelchair, a child in the wheelchair, you don't have to cross that road. And if a parent doesn't have a transport, they can actually walk to the hospital. Um, there's three car parking spaces in front of the house. But we, we raised it. The girls raised the money. It was the sea. Of, it was the, it was the uh, strip and dip under Deirdre's uh, tutelage and, and guidance that raised this phenomenal amount of money and we felt in, in the organisation within Avian Speak Toy that we had to respect the, the great, tremendous work and sacrifice that they had put into that and that they would always have a, a tangible, visible thing that they could go and see and look at and say, look, at we did this and we made this happen. And it's been fantastic because um, it's, it's a beautiful house. We spent over uh, 330,000 to buy the house, um, and then there was over 400,000 uh, uh, put into uh, renovating it. And we stripped it down completely, mixed the project, managed the whole, uh, the whole project. As I told you yesterday, the people of Cooley and loads and loads of volunteers were absolutely fantastic. Um, and it, we, the house opened on Monday after two years of being uh, finished, but we couldn't open it because of the pandemic. But it's the most inspirational thing now. We have a family there now, and a family is safe, and they're in what we call Avian's Lighthouse, because that's what the, 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 the girls voted for, to call the uh, Avian's Lighthouse, uh, a, a guiding light in a very dark place. And you told me that there's different um, facilities within the house for maybe children with ADHD, with um, different disabilities. If they're not able to go upstairs, there is uh, downstairs facilities for them. I mean, I have looked at, at Avian's Lighthouse uh, after I was talking to Jimmy. I spent a lot of last night actually going back uh, through Avian's Pink Tie and going back looking at what you have achieved in, 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 in the short number of years. So it's called... Um, Avian's Lighthouse. You were going yes, to yes. you were going to make an announcement this weekend to say that the uh, Avian's Lighthouse is now up and running. You have your family there, uh, a, a family who are um, have, have a child in in Crumlin Hospital. Um, we don't want to talk too much about them, but that yes. they the goal has been achieved. But I suppose we need ongoing fundraising and you're going back to all your um, artist supporters as well to keep Avian's Lighthouse 
up and running and to the standard that you have set? It's, it's, it's so wonderful to actually talk about this now. In reality, um, you know, it's, 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 it's incredibly beautiful to talk about it in reality. The Sea Change Choir played in the garden two years ago and we hoped at that time that, it, you know, that the house would have opened very shortly afterwards. Sadly, it's because of the pandemic, it, that wasn't possible. But now my heart and Mick's heart and all the Linda's and all the, the team, the heart is absolutely filled with pride. And it's just a wonderful achievement. And, you know, to think when, 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 when lots and lots of people get together and are like-minded, um, to think that there's a light on in that house. And whenever you, if you're anybody ever driving down the street, past in, down that road in Crumlin, and they look out and they see the light on inside Avian's Lighthouse, and anybody who had that to do it should be extraordinarily proud of themselves that they have really, really, really helped somebody that they have taken them from a very dark place. The house, as you said, is, is perfectly built and designed. The, the ground floor is completely usable. If the child can't make it up the stairs, there's a, there's a downstairs uh, uh, wheelchair accessible bathroom. There's kitchens on the ground floor. There's a bedroom on the ground floor and there's a living room on the ground floor. And um, There's three bedrooms up above that. And then there's an attic sensory room, which I have never, ever, ever seen anything like because when I looked out the window of it, over Dublin, you can see all of Dublin, and it reminded me of Mary Poppins. It reminded me of of a childhood of, of looking over the over Dublin, and I think that say a child coming from Oscommon that had never been exposed to a, you know inside a, you know big city like Dublin, I think it's going to be a, even for them it's going to be a lovely experience. And the people of uh, Drimna and Crumlin and the area have all been fantastic. They have all embraced Avian's Lighthouse. They've embraced this idea and they've, they've, they've just showered it with love as, as everybody has, Ursula. Uh, Jimmy, I'm really sorry. Time is running out and you know what it's like on air. Time is running out. Can I just thank you for chatting with Ross FM, the arts programme, sharing with us how the arts support the charities, how we work in tandem, and uh, for, for chatting with me after all these years, Jimmy. Um, I'm so delighted to see that and to hear that uh, Avian's Pink Tie have achieved um, the lighthouse, Avian's Lighthouse. And I wish you good fortune with it. And no doubt uh, I will be in contact with you again and we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch and keep up to date with what's happening. And if there's anything we can do in Ross FM to help you, um, come on down and put the kettle on. Do you not think, Ursula, that you've already helped me there? Do you not think that what you've done and, what, and, 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 and all of the, your listeners here have done now, that you have put a, 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 a listening ear to a very sad story and uh, life imitates art um, and grab me and good. Grab me and and catch up with you later on Jimmy and thank you and all the best to Avian's Pink Tie all your followers followers to see a change and we'll catch up with you uh, uh, in a few days time. That is Jimmy for Avian's Pink Tie uh, announcing to all of us here uh, through Ross FM and to all his listeners and followers that um, um Avian's Lighthouse, the house that they've moved to um, open, is now open and has a family in it. We'll now move on towards our ads. And thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Um, thank you, Jimmy. And thank you, Deirdre from Sea of Change. Wish you all well. My next guest is um, a well-known artist um, from uh, the locality, from, uh, from the local area. Her name is Fiona Moore. I met Fiona First of all, hello Fiona, are you there? Hi, I'm here, how are you? I was just about to say, Fiona, how we met. Do you want to tell her where I? Uh, we met in 
an exhibition in the library. Um, are you going to tell the us the seven deadly sins? <laughs> the seven <laughs> deadly sins. It was called. And yes. It was. It was a lovely exhibition, and uh, it was in the library in Athlone. And that's not today or yesterday. It must be five, seven years ago. Five years anyway. It must have been. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're you're local. You're married I, to a farmer. Um, you, I am. I am. I'm local. I'm living in Ballydangan. I'm married to Shane Austin. Um and. Yes, uh, I didn't really move very far. I'm originally from Top McConnell, so that's what I, I thought just... was Top McConnell. I had it on my on my notes. Um, <laughs> you didn't move too far, but there again, you're quite um, okay. You said didn't move too far. Let let me let me uh, start at the beginning. I put up on the Facebook page that while you were an artist um, and you built your own little village. Um, I think maybe we should start at the beginning. At what age yes. did you start art? 46, 56, 106 or? Oh, way back when. Um, as far back as I can remember, Ursula, I have been creating, doodling, drawing, um, playing with clay in some form or way. Um, when I was a child, I used to enjoy going outside and playing with the clay and turf mall and making um, aerial view village villages or kind of replica of the village we lived in and then I would drive my little tiny car on the roads with the ditches and mounds I would have built and whose house was here and whose garden was here and whose land was there. It was quite big. Um, it w- you would have had to walk around it. But the following morning, the good thing about it was, you know, the following morning, the Lord you'd walked, have to go, <laughs> the Lord to go and do in it mysterious again. ways and then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The following morning, you'd have to go out and create it again because the rain would have um, washed it away, and that was the fun part. And how, but, uh, how old were you when you were doing this? Oh, five, seven, five, six, seven. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, there was another occasion when I was in secondary school and I was in geography class, and I was not interested in what my teacher was saying at the time. Mr. Monaghan. So I, I did a portrait of him. He actually, he took it and framed <laughs> it. <laughs> it's probably up uh, in his wall now. Uh, honest <coughs> to goodness, I, I ended up passing that. I did well in geography in the Leaving Cert, so I'm <laughs> um, But yeah, I was always creating in some form of way. I was always doodling. And I really thought I would go into animation because I love doing cartoon characters of people and, you know, places and so forth. And I, but when when it came to it, I chose um, fine arts okay. and uh, in paint, mainly. And I love it. It's better, it's better than therapy. Well, it is therapy. <laughs> it is therapy. Yeah, it <laughs> is therapy. For some people, I mean, I've had uh, Dee McCurry was on here last last year sometime and she had done research into this where you know by doing a piece of art you take your mind out of the hustle and bustle of what's happening around you in the world you're concentrating and if that is really just drawing circles while you're concentrating on drawing them circles there is nothing else in your mind exactly you're in the present moment yes you're living in the now is what they say yes yes Yes. and and that's the beauty of it and I do it, I have a, a little brother who's autistic and I do paint with him when he comes home at weekends to my house. And he, like, he would be 
flighty, you know, like he would he'd be on the go all the time. Unless he's listening to his favourite radio show. Which but is Ross paint, FM and the arts <laughs> programme, I know, I got it, Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> it will be from now on. And uh, uh but he would sit and he would paint and he he really enjoys it and you know, he just sits there and he's you know, he's silent and he's quiet and and this colour, and this colour. Yeah, he, he loves it. So, yeah, I've always painted or drawn or created in some form or way for way back when. And, 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 and I get that, and I even get that myself. Like, I mean, even just making the St. Bridges Cross, um, nothing else mattered, only getting the, the, the rush the right way around, the right way around, the right way exactly. around. Exactly. And, you know, what your shopping was or what washing had to be done or... You know who was racing where or whatever. We just did the St Bridges Cross and we relaxed in it and we we felt the um, serenity of the moment. And that's not a religious thing. When I say the serenity of the moment, I also mean that when you're doing your piece of art. And I've seen your art, like um, like when you're um, what's it called, Cooksey Finn? Cooksey Finn. Yes, um, I was near Cooksey Finn. Describe to our listeners what Cooksey Finn is and the piece of art you did. Okay, Cooksey Finn, um, I have an image done of Cooksey Finn, and it's uh, the highest point in Cotton O'Connell is Liam Kildare would be on his land, and he would have given us tours. It's more biodiversity and karst farming, and we collaborate with the Celtic Eye. I'm part of an art group called the Celtic Eye, and we collaborate with the karst farmers um, in creating art and trying to expose. Well, from an artist's point of view... For you, yeah. it, it, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful scenery. Uh, it is, but you can see for miles, you know, and it's it's like it's, it's unchanged up there. It's like, you know, you're walking on a ground that um, historians would have walked on or, you know, Cucullin. Yeah. And, it, you know, you're walking through the briars and the hawthorns and the chestnut, sorry, the hazelnut trees and it's absolutely magical. I was just um, going to say that, which brings you into the now again, which brings you into um, your time um, and again, um, time out. Now, yes, you have you have a piece of art to put up on display or for an exhibition or whatever. But for this time, it's time out. It's relaxation, and that's how exactly. important art is. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah. Nothing's- so I've gone on. Couple of, yeah, I am. I love it. I'm, I'm blessed. I feel I'm blessed. Um, I've often said to Liam that I would love to bring my paint and stay here a while and paint because he has done some tours up there, walking tours. Well, I but get the you, scenery. I get you, yeah, I get Liam to come in at some stage and tell us all about that, that side of the, the tours and that because, um, again, fantastic tours, fantastic scenery, and he has the historical part of it, which we, we will look at again. But for yeah. you, yeah. Oh, well, so anyway, you wanted to know about the painting I did. Well, um, to explain first enough, I used to paint a lot in abstract. And since in the last few years, I've been coming back to realism and looking at nature as it is now or the world or the, the beauty of the world as it is now. And there was one image that I got from Cuxley Finn, the view from Cuxley Finn, and it was at a sunset. Liam Kildare gave it to me via phone through image and I recreated that image on a large canvas scale which took me a while um, uh, because I wanted to make it as 
like special. Yeah. And I also wanted to recreate exactly what I saw. So I would be rubbing away and putting on and taking away and putting on and rubbing out and applying with palette knife and brush and then taking away again just to, you know... Build to, it up. Yeah, to bring it up and give it a sense of place. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I have just finished it and I'm delighted with it, to be honest, and it's going into an exhibition in March. And I would be looking forward to seeing that exhibition as well in March. Um, I, I was lucky enough to see the, the piece of art and I suppose if anyone goes... I, if anyone was in on Fiona Moore's uh, Facebook page, you'd probably be able to see the piece of art there, would you, Fiona? You would. And, and my web- other well, art? I, I have a website, but it's not up on my website yet until the exhibition opens and new images will go into website. And, and what's website. the name of your website? www.fionamoreart.net Okay, that's fine. Now, Fiona, I just... Um, there's something else that I really wanted to catch up with you about... Um, and again, we've 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 talked about art, but you are starting art classes from a community point of view. Yes, I am Ursula. I am starting art classes uh, in Top McConnell Hall on t- next. They're starting next Tuesday from seven to eight thirty. Okay. Uh, even though you will be learning to paint, you'll be learning techniques, color values, tonal values, perspective, line, shape, all that that comes with art. It is also for everyone to come and enjoy company of each other. It's light-hearted, uh, friendly atmosphere, and you know, I want to. I want people to enjoy the process of painting, and the process of where they are and who they're with, and taking every angle of it. And I think when you when you and I were chatting yesterday afternoon, you were saying that it kind of came to you. We've all been in lockdown. We've all been um, isolated. Yes. We now don't really, and, and I know this myself, I was in a restaurant the other day and I looked at the menu and I, I couldn't think what, what to ask to eat. Now, I mean, most people know me and I'm not really stuck for words, but imagine I just couldn't think. So, Oh, my God. I, yeah, and what you were saying was that we've all been isolated. We're not meeting our, our fellow neighbours or community. And whether that be the artist community or the community that lives around, this is an opportunity for people to come together. You don't have to be a brilliant artist. You don't have to be looking to put in an exhibition. But to it, it, it's a way of communicating. As well. Yes. Am I, I'm taking the words out of your mouth. Am I feeling You're totally, totally taking the words out of Yes, it is. I just, um, it's for everybody. It's for people that's never painted before or someone that has been painting a while. You know, it's, it's for everybody. It's uh, all are welcome. But it, most importantly, what I want to try and do is just create a friendly atmosphere and a relaxing learning um, area. That's all I want to do. And, you know, for people to um, talk and, you know, communicate with one another again. You know, okay. Face now, face. now, Fiona, I'm sorry about this. Could talk to you all afternoon. Running out of time. I'm trying to put in Chasing Cars, Snow Patrol. I think it's a favourite of your husband's. If we needed to find out more about the art classes, go on your Facebook page. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, Fiona Moore. Facebook page will tell you all about her art classes. Fiona, I'm looking forward to catching up with you at the exhibition. And once again, thank you for chatting with me, well, chatting with us on Ross FM on the Arts Programme this afternoon. For now, I'm going to have to say bye-bye because I really do want to put in a little bit of, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, Snow Patrol. 
I have heard of them. Thanks, Ursula. Thank been a you, pleasure. Fiona. Been a pleasure too. That is Fiona Moore uh, chatting with us on uh, the arts programme. That's it for now. It was a busy show. Thank you for all your thank you messages. Uh, really thank you. See you next week.